Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire women. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Hi, Sky Women. I'm so excited for today's podcast and for you all to meet Lynn Winter, who through her years of experience as a lawyer, wife, and mom, she inspires with practical, tangible tips to help you feel a sense that you can do this for busy women everywhere. Before we get to the episode, I wanted to give a shout out to some of my amazing patients who have given us some feedback and reviews, and I just love it. So here is one that said, greetings, I'm a yogi with radiating low back pain following back surgery. I've been seeing Dr. Moyers for about a month now, and I definitely noticed improvement. I'm back on my mat and couldn't be more excited to get back to the life I had before my back injury. You must trust the process and it will be worth it. So this is from an expecting mom, and it is just so rewarding to add osteopathic treatment to my practice and be able to help mothers feel their best in pregnancy. Um, Back pain and pelvic pain are common in pregnancy, but that doesn't mean that they're normal. And it's very exciting to offer a hands-on drug-free treatment. All right, let's get to the episode. All right, welcome to Sky Women Podcast a place for real women, real stories, and real inspiration. I am so excited to have Lynn Winter with us today. She is a lawyer, a mom, a wife, and a time management expert, along with many other things. She's podcasting, and if you haven't checked out the Life in Motion podcast, you absolutely should. She also has just launched her Life in Motion planner, which I picked up yesterday and I already feel more organized. (laughs) So welcome Lynn. Hi well thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's funny um I have my own podcast so being on somebody else's is always kind of a joy and a little treat. Oh great good well I'm glad you enjoy it because I have kind of been fangirling on your uh, podcast and following you since I heard you with Heather Finks on the Sex, Love, and Injectables podcast. And I was like, oh my goodness, here is a busy working mom who has figured out the organization and time management, and I need a little piece of this. So I've been listening to your podcast (laughs) for a couple of months now. And actually, you gave me the avenue to start my own because I learned about Anchor through you. Yes, it's the easiest thing and it really like makes um, podcasting so accessible for people and I love it. So, yes. So Lynn, walk us through life as an attorney. We're just, you know, your schooling, what did it take to become attorney and how did you walk down this path? Because I think this is a really interesting story. Yeah, so um, I, my path and goal to becoming an attorney really started at a very, a pretty young age. Um, So when I was just um, nine years old, or I guess two days before my ninth birthday, 
Um, my dad was arrested for um, conspiracy to commit murder. Long, crazy story <laughs> that I've talked about before on the podcast. Um, but was um, arrested, put on trial, and, and that was like such a turning point in my life because I had this firsthand view of our criminal justice system and really our justice system in general. And it affected my family so personally. And it was at that point that I decided I wanted to go into law. And I wanted to go into law because I wanted to help other people. Because I saw the way people were not treated the same in our criminal justice system. And I, as a child, being faced with that, I never wanted a child to ever experience it and not understand it and feel alone. And so it really just drove this passion and in me to pursue um, a career in the law. Because if you had asked me before I was nine years old what I wanted to be, I would have told you an OBGYN. No joke. <laughs> Which is crazy because I can't stand blood and I don't do needles. Um, so right. In a turn of fate. Um, and so it really just drove me to um, really be interested in law. And so when I got into high school, um, I was really active in the teen court program in Duncanville, Texas, which is where I went to high school and really just developed even more of a love for the law and learning and justice. And then went to TCU with every intent of um, going pre-law and graduating and going into law school. Um, I made a slight detour <laughs> there. I actually started um, working at TCU full-time after I graduated and um, doing event planning for TCU. I happened upon an amazing um, on-campus job that was my work-study program, and they offered me a job when I graduated, and I spent three years working in donor relations at TCU doing event planning and um, stewardship for the university's largest donors, and I tell you, I think that was probably the best preparation for law school I probably could have ever gotten because, one, I had this time out, right? I got to work and feel what it was like to have to be out on my own, to pay for things on my own, and to really start to manage and budget my time there. And I also made so many connections and networked so much in the Fort Worth community that it really set me up in such an amazing place for when I graduated from law school. So at 26, um, I still had this kind of bubbling in my pit of my stomach that said, man, I really still feel very called to go to law school. And so I went to law school at 26. So I was three years older than most of the other um, 1L students and went to Texas Tech University. And I really think it probably helped me even more because I took it more seriously because I left full-time employment to go to law school. Right. And I really started, I mean, I literally treated it just like I did my job. And, um, you know, I there are some days when I go, man, why did I leave that job at TCU? The <laughs> law is not what, you know, what it's cracked up to be. But I think it, I really have always just had this passion that has been fueled and that's where it kind of set me on this track and my legal career has gone in a completely different direction than I ever thought it would be but I've enjoyed every twist and turn along the way. So tell me whenever you first started practicing law what type of job did you take? 
Yeah, so when I graduated from law school, I was offered a position at a mid-sized law firm in Fort Worth um, that I got specifically through working at TCU um, through a connection there. So I'm telling you, networking, networking. Yeah, if you are not networking, you need to be because I came out of law school in 2011 just when we were still on the cusp, you know, the economic crisis and a lot of people were not getting jobs and I was so, so fortunate. So I got out of law school and worked at a law firm here in Fort Worth at um, kind of did a little bit of everything, but I mostly did insurance litigation. So coverage work and first party work on behalf of insurance companies. So I read a lot of insurance policies, looked at a lot of hail claims. <laughs> um, and I know. And then I, we also did some work for um, the two railroads that we have here in Fort Worth for BNSF and um, UP. So I did a little bit of that work as well. Um, and it was really just a good foundation of just kind of learning what it was really like to be a lawyer. But I knew that that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do the rest of my life. But I was the smart one who was like, I'm going to go work um, in civil litigation and pay off my student loans and get some good experience um, because I've got the rest of my life to do exactly what I want to do. So I left that law firm at, after three years and took a little step into what we call big law, which are your big and 100 law firms, um, which is what I think people traditionally think of as civil litigation. So it was in Dallas. So I was commuting an hour, an hour and a half um, both ways and doing the whole billing, you know, 80, 90 hours a week, totally focused, wanted to be on that partnership track. I'm still doing um, insurance type litigation, but a lot more coverage work in, in federal court. So writing, which is really more my passion. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> I literally had taken this dream job. Um, I had been there for two months and found out that I was pregnant. So <laughs> I, yeah. Hi, I know you hired me, but in about eight months, I'm going to need to take some time off. Um, right. I know. I was super blessed in that the partner that I worked for um, and the two partners I worked for were both women and both just wonderful and were all about trying to figure out how I could um, balance both of those things. And so it was really that job that like set me on this path of major time management because when I came back from maternity leave, I realized, okay, <laughs> I now still need to continue to bill these extreme hours, but I also have this tiny thing at home that is completely dependent upon me, and I have a husband, um, and so I started researching the heck out of um, time management and productivity and how to really make the most out of these very limited hours that I had in my day. And also to keep track of like billing, because if you've never had to bill hours, <laughs> it's every six minutes of your life accounted for, like it is the most stressful thing, but it's also super hard. So that's really where this came from was making sure that when I went back to work after maternity leave, I could be super present at work and be the most efficient and be able to um, work at the level I was before I had my daughter. But then the moment I stepped foot in my house, I could be present. I always say to be present where your feet are. 
So if I was at home in mom mode, I wanted to be 100% present there. If I was in the office in lawyer mode, I needed to be 100% present there and to, in order to be the most productive. And so um, I just started developing these different um, habits and techniques and taking all these things that I had learned and kind of honing it into my own um, kind of method and to really keep going at the rate that I was. And um, I found that I could do it. I totally could. Um, and I did that for um, about a year and then realized that I'd gotten to the point where my student loans were paid off and I had more freedom. Um, I know. Yay. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, um, and it's, and I loved big law and it was challenging and it was amazing. And I learned so much, but I realized that at the heart of it, what I wanted to do in law was to be able to make a true change. And I knew that that wasn't really going to happen in civil litigation. And that is when, um, I went to work for the city of Fort Worth and that was, um, wow. four and a half years ago. And, um, <clears throat> the best, um, decision I made and I've been able to do even more um, because of all the things that I've taught myself, but also um, just having this job that is super supportive of this work-life balance as well. So that is my very long story of my legal career so far. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. And it's fascinating yeah. that you took the three-year hiatus to kind of develop yourself as a young adult, but that yeah. networking that you did and that event planning has probably change the trajectory of your outside interests and oh your gosh. connections in law. Yes, it totally has. And it's funny. Um, people are like, oh, you went from like event planning to law. And I said, but you know, they really go hand in hand because event planning is really project management, right? It's seeing something, an event from start to finish. And that's really when you have a case or something, you're managing it. You have to see it through from inception to how it's resolved. And so I think a lot of those skills transferred really well into law, just being able to maintain my cases and keep up with them um, and do it in an efficient and productive way. I love that whenever you realize that you had the freedom after paying off your student loans, that you could really take your passion job. Mm -hmm. And in taking your job that you were really passionate about, it's allowed you to open this avenue to help and serve women in a different way with your podcast and your planner. And are you doing courses as well? Tell us all of the things that you're yeah. doing. <laughs> I know it's so funny because people always ask me like, well, how did you get started? Like with the whole time management stuff. And so, you know, I tell them really, it started out as like preservation. Like I needed to figure out because I just, didn't want to buy into um, the thing that I could not be lawyer Lynn, wife Lynn, and mom Lynn. Like I knew I could do all of those things and do them really well. And so when I, people started asking me, they're like, Lynn, you do so many things and you seem to be able to manage them all really well. Like, how do you do it? And so I just told people, I was like, oh, well, I do this and this is how I plan and bring up and this is this. Then I got asked to come and speak um, to the Junior League of Fort Worth. I'm a member and they're like, oh, well, you do a training on how you do it. And I was like, sure, I'll tell you how I do it. And so it just started to build there where people were asking more. And I was like, oh, 
I guess people like really want to know this stuff um, because to me, it just didn't seem like anything that really mattered. It was just what I had done to be able to preserve this way of life that I wanted and to really survive at times. Um, and more people started asking and then I just started sharing it kind of organically on my social media at first because I was doing some other things. Um, and then I realized, oh, like this gets me going. I have this passion for it and seeing other women discover that they can really do all the things that they have to do, but they can have time to do the things that they want to do, to pursue these outside passions and really don't have to be defined by any particular, you know, title, so to speak. And so, yes, being um, in a more traditional, I say traditional, it's not like I still work just nine to five, but um, having it, I've been able to do some other things. So, um, I started um, teaching dance at the dance studio where my daughter takes and because I danced my whole life and I was like, man, this spills my cup, right? Right. And I was filling my cup, then I was more productive and I was more fueled to go fill, you know, other people's cups or to work. Um, and it, and then, you know, I working out and health and fitness has always been a huge part of my life. It's just, it's one of my non-negotiables. And I talk about it all the time because that's how I, again, fill my cup. It's for me, it's all about sanity, not right. being the least bit, right. It's my stress relief. Um, and my best friend owns a bar and studio and in the middle of COVID, she was like, Hey, um, you know what? You might as well get trained to be a bar and cycle instructor because we have all the time in the world now because that's where I was working out. So I did. And now I, you know, I teach some classes at the daily method and I, wow, I know, <laughs> but and for me, it's like, wow, this is great. I get my workout in and I get to pour in other women, like bonus, like what a better, you know, passion project um, to have. And so all the things that I've kind of taken on um, or the hats that I've decided to put on though, like fill my cup in a way where they don't feel like um, they're weighing me down. And I think that's one of the big things that I try to teach women is that when you are presented with an opportunity or anything, the first question I always say is, is it a heck yeah or is it a hell no? <laughs> if your gut instinct is, oh, I don't want to do this, then don't. Because that means it doesn't align with what your priorities are in life. And I think that's so important is we are programmed as women to say yes. We're helpers by instinct. And yeah. it almost feels foreign for us to go, no, no, that's, um, I, no, thank you. I don't really want to do that because then we feel guilty. But when you are so in tune with what your priorities are, it is real easy for you to say no to things. Um, and so that's one of those things that I have always been very um, in tune with that. Like, what are my priorities? And this opportunity, does it fit with that? And if it doesn't, I don't take it on because I know that it's going to become a drain on my time and it's not going to fill my cup. It's going to empty it. Um, and that's just like this baseline where everything starts. Um, and I think if you know what those are, you're golden. It Everything else kind of falls into place. I agree. You really have to know what are your priorities and make your decisions in line with that. And if they're not in line, they are just going to 
going to pull you to pieces. I mean, I have had times in my life where I felt pulled in a million pieces Mm -hmm. and really felt confused about what path to take next to make that work-life integration where it made me feel full and, you know, complete. Um, Women so often self-sacrifice and they're not taking care of their (laughs) self-care. Yes. Yes. The yes. martyr mom, like stop it, women. I am claiming this is the year of mom. We are taking care of ourselves first. Yes, I did. We <laughs> spent so, it's so funny because we spent so much of 2020 just trying to make sure everybody was alive. <laughs> you know, yes. I, and it's not that I in any way, like uh, I'm upset at how things played out in 2020 because it just happened that my job um, was, gracious enough to allow us to work remotely. So I was able to be home when my daughter was no longer in school um, versus my husband's job that there just, that wasn't, that wasn't an option. And so, but it did, it added a whole extra two or three jobs to my plate that I didn't really have and that I didn't ask for. (laughs) Like um, stay at home moms, which those CEOs of households, like hands of God, y'all are amazing women because amazing. Yeah. It's the hardest job on earth. They do. I know. Like, because I knew I wasn't meant to be a stay at home mom, um, at all. That just is not my calling or my passion. But now suddenly I was that and pre-K teacher and lawyer and, you know, extracurricular activities. And I mean, everything. And you know, I really had to think about, okay, Lynn, let's go back. Let's reevaluate our priorities. What are they? Because you've gotten so out of whack because you're just trying to survive at this point, you're no longer thriving. And so I had to do like this whole inventory of like, all right, what is essential? What are only the things only I can do because there are other people in this house (laughs) that can do things. Um, And I think when I did that, my daughter was like, oh, okay, mom is, you know, but it gave her an ownership of things. Because at first she was like, I don't need to pick, I don't need to pick out what I want for breakfast. I don't need to. She was like, oh, I can pick out what I want for breakfast within, you know, a certain set of things. And it started to give her ownership. She was like, oh. I can pick out my clothes. I can take my laundry down if I want clean clothes. If I, you know, and I think because before I was just doing it because it just needed to get done. But when I started giving those tasks to her or, you know, sitting down with my husband and going, honey, I love you, but I'm about to go crazy because here are all the things I'm trying to manage. And here's what I need from you. Um, Because I think we get so upset that like our partners or people don't meet our needs, but I'm like, I've never actually told you what I need. Like, here's what I need. Yeah. They don't read our mind and we expect them to. (laughs) And it's one of those things that I am so guilty of it too. Like, I think, well, if I have to tell him what it is, then it doesn't mean as much. And I'm like, what kind of BS are we spitting out here that like, so I mean, I know. So I was like, all right, honey, here's the problem. Like, this is what I need. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when you come home, like I need you to be on in parent mode because I've been on it all day. And this is what's going to help us, you know, function a little bit better. And he was like, okay. And so I was like, oh, that wasn't so hard. <laughs> Rather than getting mad at him because he couldn't read my mind because this is what I needed. Um, 
but so I just, you know, I, I just realized that like, we always have to go back to be grounded and what are your priorities and no matter what life throws at you, global pandemic and all, if you are super in touch and in tune with what's important to you and what value you place on your time, you're always going to be able to integrate the things you have to do and the things you want to do. It will work. That's why it's not a balance. Um, it's, I always use this thing of the scales of justice, maybe because I'm a lawyer, like we think they have to be like this, but I'm like, well, what is that? Is that every day? Is that every month? Is it the year? Like it just doesn't work. Um, but when you think about really integrating them and putting them together and where the things that you want to do and the things that you have to do exist together in this harmony, it takes the stress and the pressure off of you, I feel like. Um, and I just think it's so important. So, Yeah, I do too. And I think it's a really important point that you're telling women to ask for what you need. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. That is what's missing. We think yeah. we have to do it all on our own. And just like you said, you asked your husband, he's like, oh, okay, uh, great. I'm on it, right? Every yeah. time I ask my husband for help or tell him this is what I need, he is delighted to meet those, right? He surprises me every time. I know, like, I know. It was as easy as just saying it instead of stewing about him not doing, you know, right. X, Y, Z. Because I think it really, then they're trying to read your mind. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do this to try to help her out. But I'm like, that is the last thing I needed you to do to help me out. Whereas if we could just like come down a little bit off of our like mom, superwoman, you know, pedestal and say, honey, yeah. it would really help me out if this, then they're like, oh, because instead if we just start criticizing and we just get mad instead of saying, here's what I need. This would be helpful to me. Cause I realized that our spouses and our partners, that's what they want. They just want to help us. Um, but our, and it, it goes up back to like, my love language is this, your love language is that. And if I don't tell you what it is, you're going to shoot this at me. And I'm like, but that's not what I need. <laughs> right. Oh, right. That's a, that's yeah. a whole other podcast. I know it's a whole <laughs> other one, but it's just that thing of like, it's okay to ask for help. Like it is not a sign of weakness. Like you cannot do it all. And when right. you ask for help, you actually are making somebody you're you're filling their cup because that's what they want to do. They're like, yes, I have a purpose. I can help my partner, my wife, or my child feels good about it. And it just makes things work. Cause I think people all the time, they're like, well, how do you do all these things? And like, wait, all, and I'm like, because one, you know, I only do things that I fill my cup, but two, I have a super supportive, um, husband too, who knows, like, these are the things that are important to me and I do them for a reason and we talk um, and I make sure that he is on board with it. And I think he knows that when I'm doing these things, it's not because I don't want to be at the house or do it, but because then when I am here, I'm so filled up. I'm like, yes. And so we have this beautiful understanding um, of why we both need to have our outside passions to be able to pour the most into our marriage and our family as well. Ah, 
Good advice. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Life coaching from Lynn Winter. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny when I've talked before and I talk about like people go, well, what is your like your schedule? Like what are your non-negotiables? And I'm like, I have three non-negotiables. My workout, like don't touch it. That's sacred. I need that time. I was like date night with my daughter. We have a date night every week. And I was like in my personal night. Um, and so in, in that turn, um, my husband and my daughter have a date night and he has a personal night. So they flip flop. So when I've talked about it before, um, Wednesday nights is time with my daughter. She has dance. I teach dance. We usually then go out to eat together. That's like our time together. And that gives my husband like a whole evening to do whatever he wants to do on his own to like fill his cup when he knows he doesn't have to worry about Evelyn. So on the flip side, Tuesday nights tend to be my night and he'll take care of Evelyn. And sometimes they'll go to dinner together, do stuff so that I can do whatever it is that I want to do um, and not have to worry about it. And so by that, we both get two things. We fill up our own cups with our own things. And two, we fill our cup with our daughter as well. And I think when you are able to do that and you have that understanding, man, life just runs a little bit more seamlessly. <laughs> Absolutely. So when did you start training women or educating women on how to do this as well? Like what year and how did that grow and evolve? I know you said you spoke to the junior league, but yeah. now you have a website and <laughs> all the things. I know. I know. So it's so funny. Um, I, like I said, I got asked to speak, to do like a training for junior league. And now I usually do two a year, one in the fall and one in the spring. Um, and then I was asked to, by TCU, the TCU women's network to be their the featured keynote speaker at a big event, like my first big like event. And um, I just did. I walked through my process and what I do. And I really teach women. I call it how to have your most productive week. And it really walks you through from the start of here. You, you start with all these things that you do, and then you do this, and then you do that and walking them through this process and giving them really tangible and tactical advice on how to tackle their weeks um, to be the most productive, but to also then fill up their cups as well. And so that started, and that was a year ago, was my first like that TCU. Yeah, I know. Um, and from there, I just got more and more opportunities to go and speak to larger audiences. So I've spoken to um, some employee resource groups at Alcon. I've done some different um, presentations at some different local businesses um, here in Fort Worth. Um, I've done one for a couple of, or some women at Ernst & Young, they asked me to come and speak. And so it's usually professional women who are trying to do the same thing, but really it goes for any woman. Like, I feel like all the things that I teach and preach, so to speak, everyone can find something that works for them. Um, and then a lot of, uh, when we went into this quarantine season, I had a lot of those same organizations reach back out to me to ask me how to take all of those tips and now working remote. So it became how to have your most productive week at home <laughs> because working from kids. Home, yeah, uh -huh, that was it. And working remote added this whole other level of crazy to a lot of people. So it was, okay, what are some additional 
tips and things that you can do to be able to manage your time and still be just as efficient. But also when you have, you know, for me, a five-year-old who appears in a deposition because you're doing it remotely, like it was, um, and so I really, I love it. That's probably um, the most fun thing that I get to do is to really um, speak to groups and kind of run these trainings um, and teach people. And I've done some one-on-one -on -one stuff um, with a couple of women where I really sit down and audit their calendars and go through. Yeah, it's amazing when I when you start looking at, and I literally start from like, okay, we're gonna write down every single thing that you have done this week. And people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, literally, like, did you go to the grocery store? Did you clean your kitchen? Like everything and audit their calendar and help them really think about what things they can take off or where they can move or how they can outsource or you know what can be completely deleted because it makes no sense. Um, it's so much fun to then for them to come back to me and go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. So let's mm -hmm. talk about the time suck of social media oh, <laughs> or Netflix cow. for that matter. So, yeah. had, so I'm curious when you do your planning for the week, Mm -hmm. Do you do, have you heard of Monday hour one from like life coach school? Yes, I have. Um, and, but it's funny. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really buy into it or use it, but I've heard of it. Um, so when it comes to social media, I have a couple of rules. Um, and then I try to tell people my big one, and this goes with like email too. I only check my email twice a day. Um, I check, yeah, I check it in the morning. And then I check it in the evening. And so, and I will do a last sweep kind of before I shut down for the evening. But, and that's only if like, there is some like completely like SOS red flag thing, but more it's just so that I, when I open my inbox at the beginning of the day, I kind of already know what's there. So I'm not taken by surprise. Um, but yeah, I check it twice and it took a little bit of time to train people um, to be okay with that. But it's amazing when you just tell people, this is how I want you to interact with me, how they get used to it. So I just have like an out of office message when I'm not there that just says, I check my emails at blah and blah. If you need immediate assistance, you can reach me at, if not, blah, blah, blah. And people just were like, oh, okay. Because what it did is it, people, it forced people to really think about, well, is this really important? If it is, I'll pick up the phone. Um, and so I began seeing less of these like one-off question emails because people get so dependent on it. They're like, oh, well, instead of just picking up the phone and asking this question, I'm just going to shoot off an email. And then you get into these intense email discussions. And so by doing that, it really has allowed me to have better relationships with my clients and people. And it keeps me from being time set because for every, um, every time you get off of a task by something else, it takes you 23 minutes to get back to the point where you were before. So every time you hear an email, ding and you check it, it's horrible. So that's one of my rules. My other one is my phone goes on do not disturb at 9.30 every night. Um, and it's amazing. You just put this little setting on your phone and then you don't get any alerts, nothing. The only things that will come through is you can set a couple of numbers. Like if they call, like, you know, like my mom, my brother, those big things they'll ring, but that it just doesn't. And what I found is when I'm not feeling those constant dings and vibrations of stuff, it's out of sight, out of mind. 
And the same um, notifications that would be on my phone go, or my watch too. So my watch doesn't, doesn't bing and bong and beep and all that stuff. And it's great. So they go off at 9.30 and they go, they don't come back on until 5 a.m. Cause that's usually when I get up. And so people have realized like, you know, those, I get all these text messages, I'll wake up and they're like, oh yeah, you're, you're not there. And I'm like, yeah. So if you need me, you need to do it when it's convenient for me. And if it's not, I'll get to you at five in the morning <laughs> when I know. So those are my two big, like sure and hard fast rules. Like check your email less often, do not disturb. And it works too. If you just literally need to work and focus, put your phone on, do not disturb or put it in another room. Um, and turn off notifications. Like you do not need a notification every time somebody likes a photo on Instagram, like not important, just not. <laughs> it's oh, if you're trying to grow your social media, how are you being social and it not being a time suck? Or do you allow yourself like an hour after you've posted? Yeah. So, um, what I do is when I post, I am active for 30 minutes. So it's 15 minutes before I'm going to post and about 15 minutes after I post so that I am, because growing your social is, and part of the, the algorithm wants to know that you're on it. And so they always tell you don't post in ghost. That's why I don't use, I use a scheduler, but I, I manually post all my posts because I want they're in real time. But yeah, so 15 minutes before I go through and I catch up with the people that I want to catch up with, like not who Instagram wants to show me, but like who I want to see and what I'm doing. And then I post and then I hang out and I go comment on other people's posts and I look at stories and um, I comment, but I like engage with other people too. And so by having that 30 minutes, then I, I'm, I'm more efficient too, because I'm like, I'm kind of there for a purpose. Um, but I kind of get my fill because my people, that's when they're there. And then I will check it at various times throughout the day. Um, but I'm kind I'm pretty strategic about it. Like I'll check messages. Cause a lot of people have started using like my DMS, like email. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. yeah, I know. But, um, and so I always, you know, I try to tell people, but, um, but I'm just not, I, just don't mindlessly scroll anymore. Um, it's just, you know, I, I've had to train myself that it's okay to like not be on there all the time. So a lot of people realize that like during the day, you like see nothing from me. Well, it's because I'm working. <laughs> like, you right. know, yeah, like this is my job. So every once in a while, you'll get like random pictures, like the puppy that we have or something funny, but like I'm not just on there chatting to you during the day because like that's my job. I need to like work. So if you see stuff, it's usually like, plan things that I kind of push out, but it's not normally live real time because I got to make, I got to make a living. <laughs> right. Right. I hear you, you know, sometimes the day goes by and I'm like, uh, I forgot to post today because I was so busy taking care of patients. So, yeah. yeah. well, I love your tagline. I just want to read it because I think that your offer is fantastic. And so I was curious if you've had any business coaching or background because it's just fantastic. Like your offer is great. I teach busy women how to get twice as much done in half the amount of time, reduce stress and achieve work-life alignment one time lock at a time. <laughs> it came from like, it's so funny. And people are like, Oh, did someone help you with that? I'm like, no, like I've done a lot of, um, I will say like, I've done some coaching, but it's more on like, really 
coming down to like what my purpose is. Um, and so I've done, I, so I love Julie Solomon. If you don't follow her, um, she is the host of the influencer podcast. Um, she's amazing. She is a former publicist, um, and like tells you freaking like it is. And I love it. Um, she is one of my favorites and she always talks about like, you need to talk to the people that you are trying to invite into your space. And if they can't look at you and know exactly what you do, they're going to keep on scrolling. And so I really thought about what is it? What is it that I am passionate about and that I want to help? And I realized like, it's not everybody. Um, you can't speak to everybody and I don't want to. Um, and so I really speak to a specific woman. And when I started doing that, my voice was more clear. And I realized that I could be more authentic because I was talking to myself. Um, and you just you are your avatar. <laughs> you are, you, you really are. I know you hear all about that kind of stuff, but like at the end of the day, like I get it. I am not everybody's cup of tea and that is okay. Um, and I think I had to be real okay with the fact that if someone hits unfollow, that just tells me that they're not my person. Um, and, and, and not to get offended by it because it's nothing personal. It's just that they just, they, they aren't your person and that's okay. Um, so I would rather be able to speak deeply and passionately and directly to the people that want to listen than to try to like cater to everybody. <laughs> right. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. No. And I <laughs> gave up on that a long time ago because for so long, I was so afraid to like um, upset anybody or like strong thing and especially right now like oh my gosh <laughs> I feel like now more than ever like there is this heightened um like view on um, influencers and I hate that term but and especially um for us to address all the things and say all the things and say the right things and be on the right side of everything and I was like you know what at the end of the day like me telling, screaming at somebody or berating or attacking them is not going to change their mind. Um, right. And I'm going to be authentic and true to who I am. And so I'm going to speak my own truth and um, be okay with that because I am real confident in who I am and what I believe and what I stand for. I think that's beautiful. Whenever women own their story and their worth, I think we're able to be so much more present and impactful in our communities, our families, society. Oh my gosh. It's yes. And I think when we try to appease everybody by not saying the wrong thing, or you can't not be silent because then you're complicit in this and that, instead of just being you and being okay that not everybody is going to agree with you or like you but at the end of the day like the only person who knows what's in your heart is yourself and um you know somebody up above if that's where you are like your maker like that is what is important and i've just realized i'm going to be true to me and um i'm okay with that that's awesome took a lot of time to get there because 22 year old Lynn wouldn't have been able to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. So much uh, great nuggets uh, to take away today. I am so pleased that you had time to come on the podcast and that, you know, we're so delightfully scheduled that we were able to just fit it in so easily. I know it was just <laughs> wonderful. I know when you told me, I was like, yes, yes, I can do tonight. Look at me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So uh, tell our audience where they can find you. You just launched your planner, which they can yeah. order on your website. Yes. Tell everybody where they can get all the goodness and all the tips and what day your podcast comes out. Yes. So um, I, I hang out on Instagram a lot. Um, I, you can find, my, find me on Instagram. It's at Lynn M. Winter. Um, that is where I am most of the time. I did just launch uh, my planner. This was my 2020 baby and I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And I did. Um, so I launched the life in motion priority planner. That really is the planner that I've used that I designed that kind of goes with everything that I teach that really lets you hone in on your goals and your priority and time block your little life out. Um, and like I said, it has everything you need and nothing that you don't. Um, you can purchase it um, on, you, you go to the link in my bio and my Instagram, you can purchase it there. Um, I also have my Instagram really just for my planner and courses and that is at best life in motion um and so yeah but my website is just lynnmwinter.com find me on instagram there the podcast is life in motion it comes out every wednesday um and you just never know what you're going to get on the podcast sometimes it's some amazing interviews with other women and sometimes it's me sitting in my closet preaching about life <laughs> No. It's absolutely delightful. I have enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, you don't even know that you have become my weekly friend who I'm listening. I know. I love that. I will say as much as like social media and stuff like gets a bad rap. Um, I have made some of the best friendships um, because of social media. I think um, most people know my best friend I met when I was blogging way back starting man uh, 10 years ago. Um, we literally, we met through blogging, um, became Instagram friends. Then we met in real life. She was in my wedding. We've been there for our children. And so the internet, um, can be a scary place, but it can also be such, um, a way to bridge gaps and to bring people in your life that you would have never otherwise met. So, um, be social on social media. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I agree that it really has been like, especially Instagram is a very positive, empowering place. And I've made so many great relationships with other physician moms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everyone needs what you're serving up, Lynn. So that's why I had to have you on. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Sky community. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. If you find yourself rushing from task to task and place to place, but feel like you aren't getting anything done, I hope you look up Lynn at lynnmwinter.com and schedule a time management consultation or buy her planner. I've gotten mine because I use electronic planner and it just wasn't working for me. I needed both. So I have a paper planner now as well. I have the life in motion planner and I am absolutely loving it. Also, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and are pregnant or postpartum and having pelvic pain or back pain or rib and thoracic pain, 
or headaches and neck aches. Osteopathy can offer an alternative approach to help you deal with these common conditions. And at Sky Women's Health, that's our niche. So check us out at skywomenshealth.com. We look forward to seeing you. And we'll be back next week for another Sky Women episode.